I don't wanna go to work I just wanna chill and play All day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep While you were Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with and without day jobs. That's us. You see, we're so glad to be here sharing more inspiring stories as well as perspectives on surviving life and career in, during, around, and now still during, but almost out of it, a pandemic. Actually, I saw news today that, and I don't know if it was a joke or not, but now there, there might be some bird flu thing in China. Good, so, good. So I think the post was like, oh, good, a sequel. Right, we're, we're, <laughs> we're ready for it, though. We're ready. Are we? I don't know. I mean, the, I'm actually more alarmed by all the news of them, like, actually thinking that maybe it came out of the lab. Did you see this now? Yeah, the, the but White I House like- is. I was always I mean, it was always suspect, right? Because when it first happened, there were people in China that worked in the lab that went missing or that were talking and went missing. It was all very suspect. Right. So. Well, no, they didn't go missing. They turned into the virus. They were <laughs> well, they, they, or they shrunk died from and it. died and then turned into the. No, but it's just interesting that like now, like, you know, it was such a big bone of contention before, like, oh, that couldn't have happened. But now, like, they're reinvestigating it. So anyway, oh, I saw Alan Locker, former guest from another episode of the Jobs World podcast at Gary's house. Gary's our mutual friend. He invited me over. He was there. We were barbecuing. He gave me a hat. Honestly, for the ridiculous hair that's going on in my head right now, it's the perfect hat. I was so Wait, but it, it did ended you, up being the perfect encounter. Did you recognize each other right away? Yeah, like, I mean, it, you know, everybody looks a little weird. Like if I see like I'm looking at our guests right now on the screen, if I see them on the street, I might be like, oh, like I saw you in a movie once or not. I don't know. Like it could be. But he looked I, everyone looks different on screens and stuff. What was interesting to me is people kept coming up to me being like, you look familiar. And I was like, we're. Why was it, were you on our podcast? And I don't know. Like it just, I have one of those weird faces. He is like a littler than you would think. He's taller than me. Everybody's taller than me, but he's like tiny. He's like a like a you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I recognized him, and we just caught up a little. His husband was there. Totally cool. Laughed about. I'm sorry, Andrea Savage show. Oh, and uh, that was it. Yeah, whatever. And then I told him to to type all the stuff to you. The weird messages and he said yeah she's not buying any of it so he didn't send any he just said he just sent the picture and i was like okay i have questions oh i told him to say that i was flirting that we were flirting hardcore and that we didn't realize who each other were until Uh, yeah no he didn't say that all right good talk all right all right let's get started because we have a really cool uh couple of guests today and a cool story and i think you should introduce them because you're better at that than me So today's show is called CBD in the DNA with Juliana and Dominique Carella of Anti-Dolores and Treatables. Um, And for their show, I found this inspirational mother-daughter quote, which is, if you ever feel like giving up, just remember there is a little girl watching who wants to be just like you. Yeah. And I thought that was perfect because of their story. And we're going to learn more. And um, I love the uh, the title CBD in the DNA. Great usage of the of the letter alliteration. Yeah, I got to tell you, I was really today. I was not having any creative juices. I dig it. And, You're very good like that. And I went with I was just going to do family business and it, it was haunting me. I'm like, that's weak, Brianna. You can do better. <laughs> right. And then did. that's that's you what did. I came well, up. I so want to anyway, hear all about CBD. Yeah. So welcome, ladies. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. 
So um, you're each, you're one of you is in the Bay Area, that's uh, Dominique, and Juliana is coming live from Nashville, correct? Yep, correct. That's right. Well, welcome. I'm in Long Island City, and Josh is in Forest Hills. Queens, Queens. right, which is basically the other side of the country for both of you. But I am psyched. <laughs> yep. I want to hear, like, the tight, I want to hear all of this, because it, like the whole CBD landscape is changing, and you guys, the it seems this should be a TV show, right? Like, mom and daughter, like, I want to hear it all. We're so glad. I can't wait for the discount code you're going to give us at the end. I'm so super excited. <laughs> so let me. They're laughing, Brianna. For the record, you're not. They are laughing. Okay. <laughs> Confirmation of hilarity. Go. So, um, Juliana, since you you launched the company, remind me, was that in 2008 when you launched? Yes. And, yep. and that was mm -hmm. Anti Dolores that you launched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then 2013 Treatables, and that's yep. for pets. Correct. That's, That's right. Pets. Okay. So yeah. why don't you take us from your journey? I know you were a professional dancer um, and then a single mother and then launched this business on your own, which is all fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you start off with uh, starting off in New York? Just like briefly tell us about the dancing career and kind of how this all went. Sure. So I left San Francisco for New York when I was 19 to pursue dance career after I'd been at School of the Arts in San Francisco. And I had a great few years. I met Dominique's dad and ended up having her. And that sort of shifted things for me as far as professionally, because I couldn't continue as a dancer. Um, and, you know, I, I was really looking for another career choice. I eventually got into bookkeeping and that gave me a lot of good business acumen. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up back in California when my daughter was young because I actually wanted to raise her in San Francisco. And it ended up being a great place to start this company years later because San Francisco is actually the birthplace of medical cannabis. So it's kind of like how I sort of returned from New York back to my roots in the Bay Area and then got involved in cannabis again and then started the business and in my hometown, which was pretty exciting to be able to do. Were you always into cannabis earlier years, times? Is it something you fell into later? No, I mean, I grew up in Northern California and honestly, it was just everywhere growing up. So it was a right. part of life. And even when I lived in New York, it was a part of my life. I actually started making edibles, cannabis edibles when I was a teenager. And that's when I learned to do it. So when I started the company in 2008, I was already in my late thirties, but, um, the, the setting was perfect. I mean, it was the economic downturn of 2008 and I literally was just looking for another revenue stream to kind of, first of all, get my daughter ready to go off to college. And it was just a really tough time in the economy. Um, and it ended up being a great time to start this company because, how it all started was I had literally got a big bag of weed from a friend of mine. Uh, and I mean, big as in like garbage can <laughs> size big. <laughs> that was just a, a bag of trim that came off the, the flower that he was getting ready to throw away. And I was like, well, I'm going to turn that into some money. So let me have that bag. Let me take that off your hands. Right. And I literally went to my friend's apartment in San Francisco and we turned all of this weed into cannabis butter and we froze it. And then that literally was the active ingredient in the products that we made for the next three months. And then 
it was just like this machine that took off. It was like, I brought these products to the dispensary. They loved them. They ordered, you know, uh, two dozen one week, the next week they wanted 500. It was just, it just happened so fast. And it was just really, you know. Who's Auntie Dolores? And was that the name like when you started selling it? So Auntie Dolores has a special meaning. Dolores Park is a pretty uh, special place for stoners and and others alike uh, in in California, (laughs) San Francisco. And I wanted to uh, make the name of the company something that was unique and specific to San Francisco because of all the cannabis history there. Um, But actually, it's a double entendre. It's a sort of a play on words. Anti-Dolores. Dolores means pain. So it's like Ah. anti-pain. Cannabis is the anti-pain remedy. So, oh. so, so smart. So your mom is a smart badass. She, she is. She really is. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because you're Thank making you. like food, right? So, so most of what you make is, is what, what is the main products that you're making now? Well, so we don't make any of those products anymore. And this oh, okay. is where kind of, we kind of morphed from being a THC edibles company into being a CBD pet product company. And that Whoa. simply happened because we had to adapt over the years. I mean, when I started the company in 2008, I thought for sure cannabis was going to be totally legal within like five years and that I could turn this brand into this amazing national brand. But what ended up happening was quite the opposite. Um, And frankly, when the regulations for adult use cannabis uh, came to California, by that time, it became so impossible to continue doing business in that world. And while that was happening, hemp was becoming legal through the farm bill. And so we kind of pivoted from cannabis to hemp. And in that same period, we also started developing the pet products. And that was another thing that just caught on like wildfires. We were first movers in the space. And so we, we had a lot of growth. Um, early on and, and still continue that. But it's, it's, yeah, it's just been a journey over the years of uh, adapting because of the laws becoming restrictive or, and in some ways less restrictive with hemp. And, and that's kind of how we morphed into um, being really involved with the pet space. Now. I have a question because I don't, I'm not very familiar with Yeah, I'm asking the same question. Go for it. What's the difference between hemp and cannabis? Yes, because (laughs) that's a great question. Because the people like us right now, we're like, weed? Where's the weed part? Like most most non, you know, people who don't know, right? We just, oh, it's weed. You smoke it, you eat it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. When I have tried it, it just made me paranoid. (laughs) So it really just, it was never, I had to like balance it with alcohol for it to ever really work for me but so, i've been trying to which is interesting because yeah <laughs> well cbd the is the, the, yeah, explain the difference between the the fat the uh the what's the ingredient that actually gets you high because one of them doesn't right yeah. like one when you take it out it doesn't yeah right yeah so thc is the active component in cannabis that gets you high it's psychoactive and there's many other cannabinoids that come from the cannabis plant and Technically speaking, so the cannabis and the hemp plant are, they come from the same cannabis sativa plant. They are literally the same plant. They've become different plants because the end use has changed. So at some point, um, cannabis cultivators realized that they could turn hemp into the CBD producing plant. So they kind of 
they basically, you know how pot is like a lot stronger now than it was back right. in the seventies. That's because they've manipulated the THC content and made it much more psychoactive. Well, they right. did the same thing with hemp and they made it so that it's got a higher concentration of CBD and very, very low THC. And so it doesn't get you high, but it has all these other amazing health benefits that wow. also happen to be great for animals. So everybody can take CBD. You're not going to get high from it, but it will help with anxiety. It will help with arthritis and all these other things. Um, so it's perfect for pets, but you know, it's not for everybody. A lot of people still want to get high. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what's the one in edibles you're eating it. Usually it has it's like a slower reaction too. So it's more of like yeah. a long-term like chill kind of thing, as opposed to like, get you all like, like loopy. Right. Well, what happens is, I don't know how technically you want me to get here, but don't get it. Yeah. Talk to us. Delta like stupid because we are now. <laughs> so Delta nine, by the way, Dominique, THC. we know you explained all this to her before the business started. <laughs> we got it. We understand. We had our brief before this. Right, right. Yeah. She, she knows more about weed than, than most people do probably, but um, I wouldn't argue yeah. with that. <laughs> Well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, subject I want to <laughs> talk about. Like at what age did you start? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, before we get to but that. But yes, finish, answer the question. The technical. The technical. So Delta 9 THC is, is what's in cannabis and what you smoke and you get high from it. But when you eat Delta 9, when you eat cannabis, it actually converts in your liver. Delta 9, Delta 9 converts to Delta 11. THC and Delta 11 THC is much more psychoactive than Delta nine. So that's why when you eat cannabis products, you end up getting way more high than if you smoke it. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I needed yeah. to take notes because I'm still confused, but anyway, I'm sorry. no, no, it's okay. But it's okay. They counteract each other. They counteract yeah. each other. So CBD literally counteracts the effects of THC. So they're, they're kind of, they're like opposites. So that's okay. a good way yeah. to think about it. THC is what gets you high. CBD is the actual opposite of that. It calms you down. If you get too stoned off THC, you can actually take CBD and it counteracts the effects. So yeah. they're like, I just think oh. of them as opposites. So I'm when team say, CBD. I'm yeah. team CBD. When they say I would CBD try CBD oil. if I were you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what's CBD oil then in that regard? You smoke that out of like a vape thing? Is that different? Am I well, you, shit up here? What am I doing? You can. Actually, there are vape pens that have CBD oh. oil in them. I don't know if they're as popular as the THC ones, but right. typically we're extracting the CBD oil from the hemp plants. And then Got we it. take that oil and incorporate it into the dog's choose the biscuits and things that we make. Got right? it. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. First, I, I want to go back because um, I want to make sure Dominique is in this conversation. <laughs> um, so when you started this business, how old was, was Dominique? I was about 15 years old. Okay. Yeah. So, 14, so 15, it's, yeah. it's an age to talk about. Yeah. It was around me already. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, yeah. how did you approach it? as a mother? Well, it's interesting because before I started the business, I mean, cannabis was still all around. I mean, we, we were living in San Francisco and I knew that she was going to be exposed to it sooner or later, but I was never a parent that, you know, enjoyed it in front of my kid until she was old enough to understand it. And I could talk to her about it. So I wanted to take that yep. approach. Um, 
And I'm glad that I did. But what ended up happening was interesting is I think, and, and Dominique, you can attest to this if, if you want or not, I get, and maybe I'm not accurate, but if I recall correctly, a lot of your friends were smoking weed before you were. Um, that is true. And that is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was not the first person around me to smoke pot at all. I was actually kind of a, what I'd call a late bloomer. <laughs> and it was not, um, it wasn't my mom that introduced it to me growing up in San Francisco. It's pretty much all everywhere. It's just part of the like culture of growing up in San Francisco. So it was definitely around me. And I actually started smoking pot probably as a teenager, not super young, but I actually found that it really helped me. And I used to get chronic migraines and my migraines went away. I used to be so bad with my migraines that I have to sit in the dark and cover my eyes. It was really bad. And I honestly started smoking pot and it got rid of my migraines. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, I think there's some, you know, there's some serious validity uh, behind this plant and this medicine. And, and that's what kind of wow. changed my mind about it, to be honest. <laughs> when you see it really positively impact your life, then it, it can, you know, change of perspective. So Do you think it was because you were smoking a different quality of weed? I only asked that because the weed I was exposed to at like 18, 19 years old was just like in retrospect was just garbage, you know? So yeah. you were high <laughs> and you you would, you felt it for in your throat and your body, you know, like because you were growing up in San Francisco and had more access to like higher quality. Was there a difference to that? Like you were just, was it, or is it just being a teenager and smoking weed and then like, feeling good (laughs) um maybe a combination of both honestly like san francisco really is at the forefront of the medical cannabis movement first city to have medical cannabis laws for patients and that's how we started doing this business was because we were at the right place at the right time and it just evolved from there and yeah i dabbled with it myself as a teenager and i saw it affects my life in a positive way but there is the reason our business did so well at the time was because there was actual patients in San Francisco that needed products like this. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so let cool. me ask you, because I'm a parent and I wanted to know for, for personal reasons, did your, <laughs> did your mom's approach make, I don't know. I, I feel like her, like your mom being honest about it and like talking to you, do you think it made you more responsible? Yeah, I think when it came to that, and also I want to ask also about drinking because, Mm. because of your mom's being so liberal about marijuana use, were you less interested in, in drinking alcohol? Uh, yes, I, yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, growing up in San Francisco, you, it's a city, you see everything, you get introduced to a lot. Um, it's just the nature of growing up in, uh, an environment like that. And I definitely didn't have as big of an interest in drinking once I, you know, knew what pot was and that it was a little bit more fun and that you didn't get hung over. And, um, but right. yeah, yeah, it was a you you natural teenager. Like, <laughs> did you guys have a lot of pets growing up? Like, was like, I, it's interesting too how you're talking about like transitioning and pivoting. I mean, like, to pivot to go into this industry is one thing, but then to like figure out 
where the market's going to be and then hit the pet side of that? Like, that's just some like crazy insight. Like, did you have pets? Did you have pets that were having anxiety? Where'd you get that idea from too? Honestly, I did. I did have a dog, but before I was really familiar with CBD, um, I, I wished I had that tool at hand because that, that dog Toby really needed it mm. and he never got a chance to, to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, we didn't have a lot of pets growing up. I didn't grow up with a lot of pets, but I tell you, I, when I found out that CBD had such an amazing effect on anxiety and separation, anxiety and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing for that. And, you know, pet parents really struggle with that because it's tough to deal with and there's not much else out there for pet anxiety. So it's kind of a, it's a pretty amazing remedy for that as well as many other things. And I mean, I love animals, you know, right. I didn't get a chance to grow up with them necessarily. My parents weren't really big on pets, but I right. always wanted pets. And I always, I have a fantastic dog now. I'm just like totally in love with, you know? So, so you mentioned before, um, about our, the anti anti Dolores, are you still, you're still making products? So, yeah, what basically ended up happening is because the CBD space, you know, is really where we're, you know, living now, so to speak, we started to make anti-Dolores CBD products. And so our plan is to continue to do that. And when there is full federal legalization of cannabis, we'd like to start making THC products again under that brand. But you know, again, I'm here. I am 13 years later, still waiting for that to happen. And right. just, I'm not sure if there's light at the end of the tunnel on that just yet. We'll see. Is that like a Petco thing? Like eventually get into big distributor of, of those products. If, if it becomes, well, legal? We, um, well, Petco probably wouldn't carry the human products, but um, we right. do have, well, you know, <laughs> quite a few of the bigger right. chain stores yeah. carrying the pet products, but yeah, we'd love to, I mean, if THC became federally legal, meaning cannabis could be sold across state lines and internationally, then we will be all over it. You know, I mean, so, technically who doesn't want a chill dog? Like who, well, no, right? The dog, Why is that? Dog products are totally yeah, legal. The oh, all right, all right, made sorry, from hemp. We can yeah. ship them. Every, yeah. We've we're distributed in Japan even. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's much easier to move around in that world because of, you know, there's less restrictions. So, so I wanted to ask, so when you told us that you, when you started this business, you were in like your apartment with this giant bag of weed. So no, yeah. garbage your, bag of garbage right. bag of weed. So what is your production? What does it look like now? Like, where is it happening? Dominique, take this one because I have this vision of you guys in a garage with a big it's black garbage bag. No, and I want to know no. what it really paint me a new picture. <laughs> We are, we are super legit. I promise. I know. Go for it. (laughs) Um, actually this might be better answered by Juliana, but I'll take a stab. I'll take a stab. Um, our products are, um, manufactured in Illinois. We grow hemp, uh, in a couple of different places, including South Carolina, um, where it's also extracted. And then it goes to Illinois where the products are made and we ship out, um, nationwide from Illinois and also to Japan. So we are getting worldwide as well. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Wait, yeah, so-, so it's definitely a much bigger operation, yeah. and, you know, much different than our early days for sure. <laughs> but that's a great story. Yeah. The, the garbage bag yeah. of weed. So do you call it- her, do you call her Juliana for business? And uh, <laughs> when you're off, do you, do you still call her mom? Uh, like- Honestly, I totally call her mom at work. I know I probably shouldn't, but it's kind of just like a natural, I, I try to stop myself. Like if we're in meetings, I'll try to refer to her like Juliana needs this, but um, no, it definitely slips. Maybe just the nature of it. Maybe just go to ma'am. I'm a (laughs) ma'am. Madam. (laughs) But I have to ask, did you ever have a job that blew Juliana? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel so lucky. I, you know, even when I was a dancer, I never waited tables. I had a great job with a chiropractor. I was like the receptionist. And then I, I managed to become self-employed at a pretty early age. So I've been my own boss for the better part of my life. I've never had a nine to five job actually. Right. And you um, never sexually had... harassed yourself or, you know, <laughs> any toxic yeah, work. Didn't have to do anything like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I feel really lucky that I've been self-employed as, as long as I have been. So talk to us a little bit about then in that regard, like, is this your dream job in that regard? You know, like I know how the, it developed and how you got here, but w- were you ever thinking about any of this at a younger age and, and or like how, I don't know, how scary is it in a way like kind of every day you're running, there's no one out, you know, you're running the show and it's, it's totally, you know, a, a new industry in a lot of ways. And, you know, your daughter has to, you know, she's employed too, right? Like, you know, you guys both, like, yeah. is this a- answer both of those questions? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's talk so, over each other at the same time. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I really can't complain. I have it really good. And I hope my daughter feels the same way. I, we have yep. an amazing team. I mean, we just, We've always had incredible people on board, you know, fighting this fight with us and just making everything happen. So, I mean, I, I certainly can't take credit for it all or anything like that, but, um, you know, I, I, I am very thankful that I got into this industry when I did and that we were able to morph as needed because there's been a lot of adaptations along the way. And I think, you know, if there's one thing about entrepreneurship, especially in the cannabis space. I mean, you have to be adaptive because the future is very unclear and it has been since day one. You know, you just can't like business people, they project growth and they, they have all these measures to project how their business is going to go and what all the parameters are going to be. What's the landscape going to look like and all these different things with cannabis. You don't have any of that. You just don't. It's just there's so many legality issues that are unknown. We can't we don't have a crystal ball and all of the business that it stems from whatever legalities exist that allow us to produce the products we want to make. So it's it's a real it's a tricky industry to be in. And I feel incredibly lucky that we we're still around. I mean, we're considered dinosaurs in this industry because you know, we've just been around so, so long. So because of that, do you fear that if and or when things do become legal, that some bigger entity with, you know, a bigger wheel to, you know, churn will be a competitor to you in a way, even though you're kind of like starting, you know, one of the earlier p- players in the field? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's always that threat of, you know, bigger business coming in and actually, you know, taking over. But the good side of having uh, sort of shaky legal ground is that a lot of that big money doesn't hasn't really entered right. the space yet in but a way. It, it has become but a crowded, it, will. it has become a crowded, uh, very crowded, space, though, right? Very crowded. So we started treatables in 2013. We were the first CBD pet product to market. Now there's over 200 brands doing this. Wow. And it's only six, six, you know, six, seven years later. And we were definitely the first. People looked at us crazy. People looked at us crazy. (laughs) Do they still look at you crazy? I mean, what's the, what's the the social impact? Not as much. it's so it's so commonly known now that it's totally safe and and great to give your animal CBD. But I mean, when we first started, people thought we were crazy. They thought we were trying to get our pets high, and we had right. to educate around no CBD is different than THC, and here's what we're doing, and here's what we're not doing. Um, but it was right. a lot a lot of education, and well, still. So when you came up with the for pets, since you were the first to market what science, like what, where did you even feel like, where were you getting this information that, you know, this was something you could give pets? Well, it was totally empirical. Actually, we didn't have any data. We didn't have any research. Cannabis has been illegal and hemp only became semi-legal in 2014 through the farm bill. But the one thing that we did know is that Animals that accidentally ingest THC have a horrible experience, right? They get high, they develop static ataxia, they have all these problems. Well, if they respond to THC, then they might respond to other cannabinoids too. And we knew around 2010, 2011 is when we started to become familiar with CBD. We knew that it was completely non-psychoactive. So if a human takes it and it doesn't get you high, that means that anybody that takes it is not going to get them high either. And then when you look at all the health benefits that it had, which again, this was all research that came out through Project CBD and some of those early pioneers that really educated the public on this. I mean, we just grabbed that information right away and started developing products as quickly as we could. In fact, we got our um, cultivators up in Mendocino County that were growing our THC strains to actually grow some CBD strains for us. So the, the materials that we were working with early on were cannabis strains that were high in CBD. And that's the, the first um, material that we used to make the products and launch the line in 2013. So we were really drawing on uh, information that we knew about THC and the endocannabinoid system and, and, and making that connection that if a dog could have a negative uh, experience from THC, perhaps he could have a positive experience from CBD. Let's see what happens. And when we started to give these animals these products, we were blown away. Wow. I mean, did, seizures gone, epilepsy gone. Wow. Did you have the, anxiety gone? Wait, only dogs? No, or all cat, animals. All animals. All and did animals. you have a veterinarian as like oversight of a vet or anything? Not back then. I mean, we do now, but not back then. I mean, back then, I, we didn't know of him at the time, but Dr. Gary Richter, for instance, who's in the Bay Area, he's a vet that's been using cannabis in his uh, practice for many years. And, but we didn't know of him, but we ended up finding out later that the dosage suggestions that he was giving his patients were right in line with the, the dosage suggestions we were giving our customers because we learned from customer feedback 
what was helping these pets and what was working and what wasn't working. And we used all of that information to develop more products and develop wow. more data and just information about it. And then when it caught on, all these other people started to enter the space. And like I said, now there's over 200 companies making pet products, but that's really how it started. It was long before hemp became the source of CBD. I mean, like I said, we were, we planted cannabis strains that were rich in CBD and low in THC. And that's how we got this all started. Well, this you you're like the Hellmans of the CBD. You were there first. You're the <laughs> Mayo developers of that. But it is it is interesting now. Like, what's the challenge next? Like, is it to even just blow up the 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 branding of it, the name of it, the 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 you know making it uh, normalized? You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, mm-hmm. and I just a little tidbit just to make it personal. But like, my dad had had some pancreas uh, cancer and ended up passing away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And toward the end, we were really trying to get him to just do like some edibles with this just for the pain and just for like the yeah. symptoms and he kept going yeah 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 I'll do it I'll do it and I think he didn't do it because of the stigma mm-hmm. around it maybe and didn't want to say that he would have done it and it's not everybody was like just a little bit it'll change your whole you know thing and that wouldn't have saved him necessarily you know what I'm saying but it would have given changed, him relief it would have given him relief and made certain things more you know uh you know even eating he wasn't he had no taste it might have even helped that so my point is mm-hmm. is how is part of your next game plan to try to change the stigma even more i mean what Mm -hmm. it seems like it's still not really there yet right yeah you're right and i'm so sorry to hear about your dad because that's just the worst kind of cancer and it's it's horrible and you know i wish that that story that you just told me was less common but i tell you it's very it's a very common story that we hear that I wish my aunt or my grandfather or whomever that had cancer would have just tried cannabis. So they would have gained the relief that they deserve. And the stigma is real. It's still real strong. It's gotten a lot better though. Conservative. (laughs) It's not just the conservative. That's where I I tell you that crazy conservative. That's that's where that kind of maybe not Christians, but just being so conservative and like, like, just let it go. If it's going to make you feel better. I mean, it's yeah. proven that it helps with um, Parkinson's, right? I mean, yeah, people, yeah. yeah. It, it gives patients relief. It just, it's just, it's maddening that more patients can't have access to this stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's, you know, over 40 states that have legal cannabis, and yet we still don't have federal legalization. So it's a very confusing time legally. And then on top of that, you've got hemp that's like legal across all states, but then there's restrictions. I mean, there's just, it's mind boggling. And yet how the hell, by the way, you know, as far as I'm concerned, God put this plant on earth for us, like it's right. here for our use. Well, it's a like, plant. And then man went and made it illegal. Like, what's that about? Right. I don't understand. Well, wait, like, wasn't this talk about the, the right? religious side of that, right? <laughs> well, but no, wasn't it made, <laughs> wasn't it made illegal? And I could be confusing because- um, Hearst or somebody in the paper industry didn't want because it could yeah. be used to make paper and they didn't want the competition. And so they got their buddies in government to make it illegal. And that's where it there's came a from. lot of details around how it became illegal. But there's a lot of opposition to cannabis and hemp because there's so many industries that would fall down mm-hmm. if there was full legalization. So it's, you know. 
That's why they have it. Sadly. You can have it like if they keep you confused, like it's it's in states, but not federal. Like your mm-hmm. head is spinning. No one can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm also going to say this. Tool. I used to smoke all the time. There was a time when I did my like early 20s, whatever. And then I hadn't for a long time. And I went on a trip with some guy friends and they were all out all day. And I like had an edible in the morning and smoked a little bit. And I wrote so much. I wrote, I rewrote, I was in a zone. <laughs> I was right. Like, it, uh, fortunately, I, it was on the walls. And, on the floor I, and- <laughs> you know what? 30, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe, but I was so focused. I was so zoned in people, whatever they're making these days. And I'm talking about like, we went into a, into a shop, you know, to get this stuff. It wasn't some underground sale. The shit was on the walls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, yeah. What they're making, it just seems like how is this not part of regular society at this point? It's just it's yeah. we're going to look back at this in 20 years and go, what a bunch of assholes we were for the first half. of <laughs> well, the no, but, century. Uh, but, but what I was going to go ahead. What go I ahead. was going to say is it's also a tool to, you know, keep people in jail and to keep people in prison. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a large reason that it hasn't been legalized is because think about how many people are in jail over you know dime bags which is you know jail prison it's a business and you know anytime there's money to be made and that's to josh's point earlier when it becomes when big business sees their opportunity believe me all of a sudden everything will be legalized and all the Mm -hmm. people that have all the control um, as long as they have the patents first, right? <laughs> yeah, well, right. but they know people and you know yeah. how that all goes. So, but good on you for for your entrepreneurial, innovative, like you're like a scientist and a botanist and a, I don't know. Dancerist. <laughs> dancer. No, but there is a strain again, a user word familiar to this podcast, but there is something that's consistent with all the other entrepreneurs we've had on who you know, just go for it. You had an idea. You had a, in this case, some bag of weed, a and, a bag of weed and a, a passion. passion. And, you know, did you, can I ask Dominique, did you ask her to be involved or did she pull you in and say, I need you to, I need <laughs> it's you to a cook, family business. cook, cook this the, butter up. I need someone no, to cook the butter. No, I never, I will be clear. As a teenager, I did not, I was away from the kitchen. I was not involved in that part of it. Let's be clear. But no, no it's interesting business wise. Yeah, who, who pulled in who? I, I, it was natural. And that's what I was saying. When you have a family business and a single mom, it just is in your life. We lived in a small San Francisco apartment. So, you know, it's just a part of your everyday life. I was stickering bags and then they'd go off outside of the house and, you know, where I wasn't involved necessarily. And I've kind of progressed since there. I've done everything in the business pretty much, except for accounting, wow. like that's the best customer service. Yeah, she's sales. had like five different positions. Yeah. I mean, she's talk about adaptive. Right. Amazing. How many people work for your company? There's a 12 now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Way to go. Way yeah. to go. Wow. We've had company. more than that. Yeah. Yeah. We back in our THC days, we had like over 50 employees and I wanted to just shoot myself. Wow. <laughs> why? Why? Just out of curiosity, why Tennessee and San Fran right now? Is that just you wanted to live there? You could manage well, or is there something going on in Tennessee? So or? our last office was in Northern California in the wildfire territory. And oh, so God. I needed to move and I wanted to get out of state. Um, as Dominique mentioned earlier, we have a lot of manufacturers out here in the South and the Midwest. So this just puts me closer to that as well. 
But the original reason for leaving California was literally the wildfires came so close. I was like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, them, those and I earthquakes. Stayed. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And you stayed. So are you in the city proper now? <laughs> no, I'm in the East Bay. Okay. Yeah. In, in the Bay Area. Yeah. I grew up in San Francisco, but I lived all over the Bay Area and went to UC Santa Cruz and graduated from there and lived in Los Angeles for a bit and recently, you know, decided to be back home near family. So I love were you it. in That's LA? Right. Were you in LA doing the hip hop dancing? I'm intrigued. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell I her was. why you're intrigued. Well, by my that daughter reality. is into hip hop dancing. Yeah. Um, Tell her the I, truth. I, I Tell her the full story. I live vicariously <laughs> through her. So, when you were growing up and your mom had this business, did you get any? Did I know you were in a very like open area about pot smoking or marijuana, mm-hmm. but like, did you, did any of your friends make comments or ever make you feel bad about it? No, not at all. Not at all. It was actually, I honestly kept it pretty private. I didn't really, it wasn't something that I was telling a lot of people to be honest, because it's cannabis has come a long way. I'll say that it's definitely has a different stigma a different there's still plenty of room for growth but it it was a different scenario back then where you just didn't really talk about it the exact same way that we are even as openly on, as on a podcast i mean right. we were not doing podcasts when i was you know 15 explaining what we were doing it was right. just a different time so and i didn't really answer your question earlier about the approach about just like talking about it with your sure, yes and i honestly just felt like we've always had the relationship that the more open and honest she was with me, the less it made me like rebel and do stupid stuff. So the more honest that no, really, that's just how it's been my whole life. Like she's trusted that I have a good head on my shoulders and that like, if she has to tell me about what's going on in business and that it's part of our lives that I have, like, I get that and that I understand it and that I have my own boundaries with it. And that like, she trusts that I'm making good decisions. See, you said that you said trust five times in that sentence. That's the key. No, it's right. It's love. (laughs) But it's the trust. It's like, I trust you. There is an element of like, no matter how old they are that, you know, and you're older obviously than our kids, but like, you know, to trust them and say, I trust you to do this. I give you this mm-hmm. responsibility. Right. And it's like, I can, they can handle it. And we think sometimes absolutely they can handle it. And that's, and that's where problems come in. No, yeah. no, no. I'm going to show that I don't trust this. my daughter. I don't trust other people. And this is, this is fair. my problem. Totally fair. Yeah. yeah. This is my, this is, so did you ever have the um, bad teenage years with uh, I, Dominique? Not. I'll let her answer. <laughs> I mean, again, I got really, really lucky because my kid is so awesome and it has always been you guys. generally like easy kid. I mean, when she was a baby, she was the most difficult because she had horrible colic. But other than that, she needed CBD. She needed yeah, CBD. if you had an edible, that would have been all taken care of. No, I can't remember like she definitely did not go through the rebellious stage like that I went through. So, and I tried really hard to parent in a way that wouldn't induce that because that's all I got as a kid. So I did everything. Juliana, you, you had, you had the same, you had seventies and eighties parenting and it wasn't good. Which was basically all know. leave you in the park, figure out how to get home. I'll I'll see you. Come home for dinner. 
Yeah, and then I have three older brothers. I was basically oh. raised by wolves, and my parents oh. were like doing their own thing. <laughs> oh no, thing, I have like, I have four brothers. Attention. Yeah, I have oh, two, my God. two. I have two older, two younger. I feel yeah. your pain. Wow. Well, now, do you, uh, you know, you have to admit there's a little bit, you know, that TV show on Showtime, Weeds. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even with the hat on and everything, you're killing me. There's like a crazy <laughs> similarities here to that show. No! Obviously not so much like the, the drug cartels this from Mexico. Right. None of that. No right. drug cartels. But like, you know, it's there's a coolness factor to this. You know, there's a hipness to this. And I, you know, in a lot of ways, Dominique, like you want to be your mom like one day, you know, like, you know, <laughs> in that show, they always were butting heads. But it seems like you guys are just on the same page. Yeah, we're just like a totally I feel like different we, person. Though. I was going to say just, we're opposites. Yeah, we're, we're so different <laughs> in so many ways. We grew That's up a great pretty differently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. But you're different. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, we're very different. We're very different. And I think it just we are raised very differently. And, you know, she had like she said, three older brothers, both parents in the household growing up in the 70s and 80s. I grew up born in. 93 in San Francisco in just a super urban environment with a single mom entrepreneur. I mean, just totally different. And we just had different relationships with our parents and it, yeah, it's just a lot of qualities that are very similar and a lot that are pretty opposite, but complement each other. Well, Yeah. one question though, because mom, you know, you kind of like learned business and stuff, like you said, from accounting and being in offices and, and like kind of taught yourself like that. You Dominique going into college, having her started the business already, were you taking any business courses? Were you kind of prepping yourself in any way like that? No, I actually kind of say this, like, I feel like I've been in the Juliana business school. It just, I don't know if I really needed to study business at this point. I studied art and sociology at UC Santa Cruz. Um, Just, you know, like I've been saying, just being in it, you learn so much. I um, agree. Product development to just making, taking a brand from an idea that you have in your kitchen to like a brand that sells products nationwide and then, you know, turning globally it's pretty amazing awesome. and i've learned well and juliana a lot <laughs> what was your degree were you just a, a were you a dance theater major no degree yeah, no i i never finished college i went to san francisco state for a year and i was in the dance department i had just come from school of the arts high school so i was really frustrated with the dance department at state and i was like i'm out of here i'm going to new york and so wow. i dropped out of school i never I, and i never um went and got a degree, but I did study accounting after that because I had to become a bookkeeper and I needed to get some accounting uh, education. So I did go back for a little bit to do that, but I got just enough. And then I was like, okay, now I got to go make some money because I'm a single mom and I got to pay rent. It's a DNA thing, Brianna. It's just something in the, in the people that we talk to have this DNA of like, get up and go and figure it out. And they bring people along. Dominique's clearly, you know, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be fun. Like there's just something in people that says, I'm going to get up and to get up and leave college. I'm going to go to New York. I have trouble going to the, to the corner, which mailbox to go to. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is, it's a DNA. It's in people's DNA. Um, well, uh, speaking of DNA, I wanted to ask what your parents think of like what your family, have they always been supportive of this business? 
Um, early on, yeah, maybe not as much as they are now. Now, because it was like, yeah. what are you doing exactly? You know, what are you getting my yeah. grandchild involved in? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and honestly, it makes Sounds sense good. to do the treatables because people are crazy about their pets. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. obsessed with their pets. I mean, my mom was a, not a great mom, but she's been like the head of the Humane Society for thirty years. Has like twenty animals in her house. Like she's fantastic with animals. <laughs> so I mean, it, it just makes sense. Absolute sense. People no. love their animals. Well, not they to, do. Not to me. They me, really do. do. <laughs> they People do. spend more on their pets than they do on their kids, pretty much. I mean, it's just, it's really, the pet space is amazing, actually. Yeah. Well, pets don't demand emotional support i I, i'm reading a book about this (laughs) no but now they're gonna show up the horse in the in the yard is gonna be like where's the where's the where's the the, the edible what are you doing i've been out here eating carrots for like an hour i need my fix i need a fucking fix over here what are you doing (laughs) all right well moving on to oh where do you see where do you do do yourself in five years well, in five years, we'd love to just be an international brand. I mean, we're trying to get in various countries. And of course, it's it's a lot of paperwork. And it took us 18 months to bring the product to J- Japan. So it's just slow going. But we'd love to you know, have an international presence uh, within the five years. That should be doable, hopefully. Cool. You can Dominique, do, do you have a thought? Anything? I similar sentiment. Honestly, we've always pictured this brand being a global brand. And we saw that with the expansion to Japan and it's been super exciting um, throughout that process. So that would be the goal to get CBD in as many um, families and pet parents hands as possible so that their animals can see the benefits and get some relief. Amazing. All right. right. Josh and I have no idea where we'll be in five years, but you know, I'll tell you where I'll be. I'll be, I'll be fighting with a dog on the street for his edible for his edible. All right. Okay. So quickly, I just um, did a quick game called like mother, like daughter. And since you said that you have a lot of similarities, but also are, you know, have your own ways of doing things. This could be even more interesting. So just (laughs) quick questions. You can both take Dominique, you answer. And then, uh, Juliana, you can say if you agree or not. Okay. Okay. So who is, who is more punctual? Uh, I both, we're both very punctual. It's a Corella thing. It's a trait. Like our whole family, if you're not like five minutes early is on time. So okay. I like that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like who, who, who is clean? Yeah. Ooh, maybe, maybe me, but I don't know. We're both really clean. It's also a Corella thing. She's got her jaw on the ground. She's like, <laughs> so, you, so you're so far, you're both type A is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Our whole okay. family is. <laughs> okay. Who's healthier? Both. Hmm. It's, maybe I would say my mom, Juliana. Yeah. She's I'm healthier. healthier? Yeah, really? I feel like, yeah, that would be my, I feel you like had, you, had that, you had that one chocolate bar that time, you know? <laughs> okay. Who's funny? Well, she's always been very health conscious. That's how all these brands yeah. started. So oh, that's true. I think we're both okay. very healthy, but she's had more longer time, I guess, to be health. She looks taller. That's ageism. <laughs> Who's taller? <laughs> Juliana. And, I'm a little and, taller. Yeah. Yeah, you, lenses, uh, you're like what five seven, five eight. I'm actually five six. 
I'm five four. What do you mean? Shorties. Five four. Wow. I'm five two and Josh is five three. I'm four. I'm four nine. I'm an officially a hobbit. (laughs) All right. Who's funnier? Ooh. Uh who's stone more often? I I was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) Juliana. (laughs) All right. I kind of think Dominique is the funnier one. But we're not with you unless Juliana Stone. We're not getting the full Juliana, though, is a great. You're a great laugher, Juliana. You're a great audience (laughs) laugher. I see it. Okay, who's more extroverted? I am. Yeah, I am for sure. Yeah, I'm the social butterfly. That's one of the big reasons. Like we're pretty opposite. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a total hermit. Who rolls the better blunt? Oh, oh, she I does. Do. Ah. <laughs> she can roll blunt. Wait, nobody's business. Blunt. Ju- let's play a game. It's called blunt joint or bong. Bong. Oh. I'm gonna go bong. <laughs> what, oh. what do you got? I have. I go through phases. You go through right phases. Now, yeah. Right now, I would say joint. Joint. What about you, Juliana? Yeah. Bong. Or bowl. Yeah. Who's a any bowlers? Not so much. I like the bong because I can keep it contained and blow it out the window and then I don't keep a smell in my house. There's the cleanliness right let me, there. Let me tell you something. The first time I ever took a bong in, I was at a friend's house. I was like, what do I do? And they were like, just breathe in when you put it. So I put my mouth in. I literally, in one, it was one motion. I took, they, I took the bong and in one motion just passed right out. Like, right on the bed. Oh and my I, God. An hour later, I was like, I was like, you're 17. What happened? They're like, you've been sleeping for like an hour, dude. We've been eating. We hung out. We played cards. Like, just imagine you one motion. Like, here came the smoke and there went the Josh. Like, oh boom. my God. You're a mess. Well, you guys have been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's Thank been you for having so us. So nice Thank to meet you. you both. Thank um, you for having us. On. I hope that my Absolutely. daughter and I have as wonderful of a relationship as you two have. Um, and if you have any social channels you want to share with the audience, yeah, yes, thank you for that both. away, and I'll let you take that away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, socials is my is my realm. Um, I'll do Instagram because you can kind of find us um, on all the others from that. But Instagram for Treatables is at Treatables T R E A T I B L E S. And then Auntie Dolores is Auntie, like an aunt. And then Dolores, D-O-L-O-R-E-S. So Dolores. And that's on Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. Auntie Dolores and Treatables. Do you have yeah. a website too? Yep. Treatables.com and AuntieDolores.com. And they're separate. I mean, can you buy both at the same time? You got to go one or the great other. Great point. No, great point. You can actually go to the Treatables website and buy both Auntie Dolores and Treatables products in one order and save on shipping. So... You know, it's funny. They say that all the time, like with chip companies and stuff like they don't want to come up with too many different lines because then they they're splitting their own market. But you guys are like, it's the two are literally totally different. One will never cross with the other. Right. The Mm -hmm. human ones and the pet ones. So that's that's really super brilliant. Uh, By the way, you said, Brianna, before about your daughter, it it stunk like weed in our apartment building the other day. And my daughter was like, what does that smell? Smells like skunk. And I was like, yeah, I think a real skunk got in here on the sixth floor. 
just skunked it up all the way up here. But anyway, you guys, honestly, thank you so much. We are at jobsblowpodcast.com. Hey, guys, do us a favor. Share this, please, both the audience and both of you. Give us uh, reviews. We could really use just any reviews or comments or any opinion about the show, especially this one. It would be really great. Uh, Brianna's a Brihas one. I my No one's fucking following me. So I'm at the birthday pastrami if you want to follow me because you know what? Go get yourself some some of the Auntie Dolores and then go to birthday pastrami and see the pictures that I'm posting and it'll be okay. a collaboration. But we really love you guys. Thank you, Brianna. Good seeing you. <laughs> Thank you, you so much, so much. Right, Thank guys. you. A lot of fun. Big love. Peace out. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care.